Hey everyone, welcome to episode 50 of the Players Experience Podcast. We are so excited to be celebrating 50 episodes of the podcast today. And in doing so, we would like to welcome in two-time Olympic gold medalist, Alexander Bilodeau. Alex is going to talk about what it was like to win his Olympic medals, as well as some medals during the World Cup appearances, and what it was like to be able to celebrate his 2010 victory with his family with the 2014 mixed team but what it was also like to know that the 2014 games in Sochi were going to be his last regardless of the result. Alex also talks about what it was like to be inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame and everything in between. Before we bring Alex onto the show we would of course just like to give a special shout out to our production team, Jay Salty Photography, Vicmar Productions, and 19 Marketing for all of their work that you see each and every week with every episode, the images, the video production, and even the merchandise that is now available for sale. So if you're interested in some players experience merchandise, make sure to hit me up on social media uh, to get yours while uh, it's available. Also guys, um, while we're talking about discounts on some companies, make sure to use the players experience code on Hush Blankets, the Great North Apparel, and the Jaywalk to get some great discounts on some of their gear when you're checking out. Also, if you haven't done it yet, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts to make sure that you don't miss an up- upcoming episode because each week, guys, we post new and exciting content with new um, individuals in sport, talk about their careers, their work, and everything else in between. So without further ado, let's get Alex on now and start talking about his Olympic career and what it meant to win some gold medals. All right, Alex, how are you today? I'm very well. Yourself? Thanks for inviting me. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to be on the show. How have things been with you? Um, with obviously, we're still in this pandemic, and and how have things been for you uh, with everything happening? I mean, it's been uh, it's been quite busy all fall uh, for me uh, with uh, with my new career in business, and uh, so it kept me busy. I think it's not a bad timing to be busy when there's not less things to do um so um yeah uh but obviously currently it's it's kind of the worst right now in quebec we're under curfew for the last month and a half it's been kind of quite terrible here um but hopefully um we'll uh, we'll be reopening soon and uh, we'll be uh, with the new weather coming a, a bit warmer we'll be spending a bit more time outside and having fun and hopefully see family soon yeah fingers crossed i know here in ontario uh, Toronto just got out of their uh, like stay-at-home order and they're in the gray zone now and uh, yeah it's just it's such a crazy time and and I'm with you I'm hoping with this warmer weather um, people start to get uh, vaccinated and things start to kind of get into uh, a new normal if you will so um, but yeah so thank you again for um, taking time um, to be on the show and I, I like to start every episode off with a segment of rapid fire questions so i'm just going to ask you four quick questions just first thing that comes to your mind um what is your favorite time of day oh uh morning i wake up i go for a run it's my my own time uh love it 
uh, and it's kind of, I don't drink coffee during the day. So uh, in the morning, so I, it's, it's my run. It, it wakes me up and uh, ready to go. Awesome. Uh, strangest thing in your fridge right now. Oh, quite empty. <laughs> Almost nothing. <laughs> strangest thing. I actually, I, I have no clue. Okay. Okay. Have to check cool. that. Probably like uh, some kind of weird mustard that has been <laughs> there for last year and a half. A TV show that you're currently watching? Uh, lately, I've been I've been watching uh, Yellowstone on Amazon. I, I left uh, Netflix because everybody did a <laughs> all around Netflix, yeah. so I'm on Amazon Prime now. I did Yellowstone. It's a nice. It's a nice. Uh, TV show, I wouldn't say my favorite, but that's what I, I watched uh, for in the last uh, two weeks. So. Cool. And what would be a sport you would want to compete in outside of skiing? Oh, lots. Uh, but I'm too old for all of them. <laughs> uh, I mean, just, I mean, I love, I love adrenaline. Um, I'm an adrenaline freak, so obviously, like, skydiving uh f1 racing car racing would be great um i i love playing hockey so i but um so i before the pandemic i was playing in a few leagues <laughs> um so yeah i mean uh there's a few sports i would love to, to compete but not enough time and hey, when you say you're too old, you're never too old for skydiving. Come on, that's <laughs> a lot of fun. Everybody does it, does their work, huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. You just you float there and you're good. Yeah. So, and uh, that's where I want to transition into your skiing career. So, where and when did the passion to become an Olympic skier begin for you? I mean, I was a hockey player, like any good Canadian uh, at the right beginning. Uh, but my mom decided that we were going to do a family sport all together. Um, and, uh, therefore I had to quit hockey and, uh, started, uh, skiing. I wasn't passionate about, uh, alpine skiing and I thought it was, or just like, uh, racing. So I saw Jean-Luc Brossard win the Olympics in, in Le Lammer in 94 and, uh, decided to ask my mom to actually, uh, uh, put me into the freestyle club and, uh, it was a, a love affair uh, from there. So that's awesome. And yeah, with me, I, I want to play hockey as much as possible, but I, if you ever seen the movie Goon, I cannot skate <laughs> worth crap. I would just, it takes me like five minutes to circle the earring once. And so <laughs> I've been able to play ball hockey, but I, uh, I think that time's kind of passed now too. But uh, yeah. So um, now talking about like your career and, and when it got started, you kind of started off your career in 2006 when you finished 12th at your first Olympic Games, but later competed in the World Cup, becoming the youngest athlete in history to win a World Cup in a Moguls event. How was the feeling for you to add your name in history as the youngest athlete in history to win the World Cup? It was definitely, um, it was definitely a, a, a very special moment. At my third uh, international event, my third uh, race on World Cup. And not only that, but I... Uh, I was fortunate to have that performance in front of family and friends right here in, in, in Mont Gabriel, where I actually grew up on that hill. Um, so it was um, not as much as the record of being the youngest, but kind of it's a dream coming true. Like, oh, okay, today, today, like at the World Cup event, I was the best in the world. 
And not only that, but in front of my family friends, as I mentioned, but on that podium that day, there was uh, the 2005 world reigning world champion uh, from prior, the prior year, uh, the American, uh, which was Jeremy Bloom, that actually played in the NFL uh, later on. Um, so uh, Jeremy Bloom, and you probably saw the story of his sister on them on uh, on a movie, which is Molly Bloom, the girl that was gambling. Uh, so she, so her brother was on the podium with me uh, that day. Um, and, uh, the, on the second, um, on the, uh, at the second place was, uh, Yanni Latala, which was the, at the time, the reigning Olympic champion because he won the prior Olympics in 2002, the Finland, the Finn, and he was uh, a bit more older, obviously older than me. Um, but, uh, so it was one of my idols coming, growing up, like Yanni Latala is a legend in, uh, in my sport. So I was kind of not only being the best in the world that day i was the best in the world in front of two of the guys i was looking up to as i grew up so that was a, a really good feeling that's awesome and also too like you said to have your family there as well um and kind of being on your own home turf uh that's also just adds to the priceless memory of it all kind of packaged together nicely oh exactly and then like winning on the on the on the slope that I, I, I've been skiing since I'm super young, and then like when you're when you're super young and you grow up in the in, in the club uh, team and uh, at the mountain, and, and and you imagine yourself running that hill at like at one point maybe on the World Cup, and and then it, it actually happened. I competed at, at the World Cup right there and won my first uh, World Cup at 18 years old. That's incredible. Now you went, you did go on to win three more gold medals in 2009, 2011, and 2013 at the World Championships, paired along with two silvers at the 2011 and 2013 events as well. How much work and dedication went into perfecting uh, your performance to be uh, the best that you could be and end up with that result uh, in in those games collectively? I mean, there's there's tremendous work. It's 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 uh there's a lot of process, a lot of teamwork. Uh, meaning that uh, like with, with my my trainers, my sports psychologists, all, all my therapists, and on 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 snow off snow trainers, uh, I have a whole team supporting me throughout the, the the these years. And 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 our goal is yes, obviously like. The, the medals are something that you're aiming for, but you're aiming to always become the, a better skier, a better skier and pushing your limits uh, on that hill uh, and pushing the limits of your sport. And I think that's what's fantastic. And, and year after year, uh, even though I was sometimes on the top of the podium, sometimes I was on, on a second step, I felt like obviously I was becoming a better skier and that was a goal. So, and, and, and obviously like these are, are kind of, smaller goals when we talk about world championships but there's also like every four years the olympics as you know and then so it's it's always a blend of that with blend blended with the strategy of when you want to peak um so no i mean there's tremendous work in that process now let's chat about your 2010 olympics um being from montreal and able to compete on canadian soil and representing canada is one thing and like you had said you were able to uh stand on the podium with the reigning Olympic um, medalist um, at the World Cup in Montreal. But to then top it off by a gold medal um, and 
not only um, by staying on the podium, but to do that, you ended up uh, throwing a back double full on your first jump, following it with a back iron cross on your second. How was that experience for you to earn gold at those games and knowing um, like how intricate your performance had to be on each of those jumps to, to result in a gold medal? Yeah, I mean, it was that day in Vancouver. It was actually Valentine's Day, 2010. Uh, and it, it was a it was a very hot day uh, in Vancouver. I think it was six seven degrees, and and um, uh, on the slopes, so it makes conditions are, were were quite hard. Made it made it very hard for us to really attack the course, uh, not knowing if if would if it was too slutchy for us to attack, and and, and you get caught into the slutch. Uh, but at the end of the day, everybody was on the same uh, in the same bucket, um, and uh, for uh, not using another word, for lack of using of another word, but it was just um, how can we be the best at today uh, with the conditions that we have? Um, it's there's still an Olympic medal to on, on the line that day, um, and that's that's all your focus uh, for the day. And um, I knew I had the potential of. Uh, on any given day to, to ski out uh, and, 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 and win the, and win. So I was focusing on, on doing my best performance I could do on that uh, harsh condition course. Um, so one of my, my top job that I was quite used to, to be doing, but obviously it was a quite a challenge to be doing that in the, in the, in, in those conditions. And, uh, and, and because of these conditions were very hard, you couldn't actually grasp to the ground. It was a very, very fast course. And, so I just kind of let it go and kind of accept accept the condition and 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 just uh, that's why I did a by strategy a simply or a jump on the bottom to because I knew on a strategy strategy wise I was going to become I was going to come into the bottom air very very fast and and uh, wanted to make it simple um, and get those those speed points and technical points and um, so. Yeah, I think my strategy paid off. Um, again, I was the second to last to go, uh, and uh, on the final run, um, did my run did uh, quite well. I, in my head, Vancouver is, as I mentioned, conditions were harsh, so um, it wasn't my best. Uh, it wasn't my best run uh, I ever did to win the Olympics. It was just kind of, I, I when I crossed the finish line, I knew I did, I've done a ton of mistakes. But I was just wondering how the judges saw if because we're always trying to hide these mistakes uh, by being clean. But um, if you look at the side, when I look at the side camera, <laughs> when I look at the footage after after that since, since the Vancouver, and I see the side the, the side view and the camera that's following us down the down the slope, I only see my mistakes that I'm hiding. <laughs> and and uh, so, but from the bottom, the, I kept it nicely, nice tight, and and for the judges and and and. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I managed it to, to keep it tight. But the guy after me, uh, so uh, there was the, still the French guy to go. Um, and, and trust me, like sitting down in that couch in Vancouver, <laughs> knowing that you're, you're first, worst case scenario, I'm second in the Olympics, is quite a nice place to be. <laughs> um, it's, you, know, you're, you know your night is on a, is on a, good, is on a good start. <laughs> So I'm I'm just sitting down waiting for the last guy to go and the pressure is all on him and um, with very harsh conditions, 
So he, he, drew, he did a bit the same strategy, but got caught into the, the top of the landing of the top air, uh, which made him a big mistake that the judges saw. Uh, and uh, from there, I knew it was kind of almost impossible that he gained enough points to to um, to, to to remain on top of the podium. So uh, I was kind of—I remember Del Becksmith next to me on the couch at the bottom, and he's just like, and the guy is still skiing. The French guy was still skiing, and Del was like, "Congratulations, buddy, <laughs> Olympic champion." I was like, oh, "No, no, no, I can't. I you can't believe it. Like you don't want to believe that because it's kind of a." a dream coming true, but you're like, no, it's not official. Like things can still happen. You don't know. Like, it's just like, maybe it's not going to happen. And, but you know, in your mind, like the odds are that the judges saw that mistake just as we do, we did. Um, and so you're waiting for, for on the screen, just like to wait for the result of the French guy. And then, uh, you, you know, the result. So it was, it was quite thrill, thrilling. That's awesome, and I know, like, flashing back to 2010 when I was watching you perform on TV, and it's it's crazy because like you go so fast down the hill, and then when you make your jumps, it it just seems so flawless half the time, from when you're watching, and then you're back down on the ground and flying around, and it's like, oh my god, like I could never do that. I, I if you ever watched The Simpsons, I would be like Homer Simpson, like the skis split, and that that'd be the end. <laughs> Hugging the bug, the, the, the mogul after that. <laughs> now, talking about how that event was on uh, Valentine's Day, I want to talk about something very heartwarming. After receiving your medal, you and Jennifer Heal made a $25,000 donation to charity where you chose to donate to the Canadian Association of Pediatric Health Centers for Cerebral Palsy. As everyone saw at the end of your race, you were able to celebrate with your brother, Frederick, who has cerebral palsy, and it was one of the most like for me, it was one of the most heartwarming feelings seeing that just showing that no matter how you do an event, like what happens, you could have claimed fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever, but just to kind of share that moment with your family and knowing that they'll always be there is always heartwarming and touching. What did it mean to you to be able to celebrate your medal with Frederick and how motivated are you by him? I mean, my, my whole family is part of my team. They're supporting me throughout uh, the years go, growing up, but they're supporting me also uh, throughout the ups and downs when I come back in, in, in between uh, competition or training camps and, and even the ring. I keep very, I'm very close to my family. So uh, they, they've been supporting me quite a bit, obviously, throughout the process. And, and when you happen to live a great moment, uh, of, uh, of in your life um, or in a success, like a, a great achievement, um, you want you want to sh share that with the people that help you uh, going going there. Um, it's it's like uh, being at it's like your parents not being at a, your graduation. Uh, it's you want to share that with them because they've been part of your education. They've been part of it. It's it's the exact same thing. So for me, it's just when the first people I want to hug is and, 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 and see when I, that happened is my parents, my family. So, um, it, it was totally natural for me to actually just go to them. Um, and, and in addition of that, I think the, the, the thing that with that the relationship that I have with my brothers is quite special because, um, my brother doesn't, will never have the ability obviously to go to the Olympics and, and, and there's a lot of things throughout his life that are not realistic to him, like having a family and, and friends. 
that meaning my brother has a lot lots in his in his life is 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 living his dreams that he, he that are not realistic to him through the the eyes the eyesight of his brother and his sister and 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 living it through it and and obviously bringing him within that experience is is the minimum I can do for him supporting me every day and 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 to actually have a piece of that medal he does have a piece of that medal so 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 he can have that feeling of achievement um is is for me priceless to 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 actually share that with him so that's all that's amazing and i know we're going to talk about your Canada sports hall of fame induction uh shortly but i know when uh i was there for that event i got to see you read frederick up on stage and share that event and that moment with him as well so um that's yeah that's always going to be a priceless memory and that's always something that uh, you guys can always treasure uh, forever, right? Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Um, now, throughout your career, you built up a rivalry with uh, Mikhail Kingsbury through World Cup appearances um, and other events, and you would find yourself battling with him four years later at the 2014 Olympics. However, you managed to beat out Kingsbury and win your second gold medal. In doing so, you became not only the first freestyle skier gold medalist to defend not only your Olympic title, but you were also able to repeat it back-to-back, winning, again, 2010, then 2014. What was the feeling like standing on the podium um, at your now third Olympics, winning your second gold medal, but with a little bit of a twist on this, knowing that that was going to be your last Olympic Games? Yeah, um, for me... I decided to do a, another four years because after Vancouver, I thought at one point that maybe I, I could have retired. I, I knew I wanted to to do a business career, um, finishing my studies in accounting and then move on to investments. Uh, but um, again, everything, every, everything's a timing in life. Is it the good timing? Is it like, um, am I putting too much aside my my next career? Am I je- putting in jeopardy my next career for 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 going on after another Olympic gold? At the end of the day, I kind of you kind of re- I kind of realize oh I, I kind of realized my dream in my sport. I made it to what I wanted, so maybe it's enough. Is it too greedy to go for another four years? But I had all these these um, thoughts, and at one point, I I my conclusion to that is. After Vancouver, I still felt I could have, I could become a better skier. I still felt I haven't done, I haven't gifted everything to my sport. Um, I was only 22 years old at that point, which was quite young still for my sport. It's just kind of you're starting to be at your peak, um, and I still felt like I was, I had a few years in my, at my peak. Um, and uh, therefore, I decided to uh, to go for another four years. Um, and, uh, but I knew, uh, if whatever the result was going to be in, in, in Sochi, I was not going to continue after that. Not even for one more year, actually. So often when you win the Olympics, you, you do one victory lap, as we mentioned for another year, because that's when you sign major contracts that after, after winning the Olympics. Um, but I did, I made a pact to myself that even though, uh, I was uh, failing uh, or I was actually winning the Olympics, I was not going to do another victory lap or going for another four years because I was disappointed about my result or whatever, what is going to happen. So it was literally my last, uh, and, but I, my goal was to actually get to Sochi and be the best year I could become. 
Um, and that was, that was my, my, my entire goal. And I, I knew that if I became the best skier that I became, I was going to give the, I wanted to give the best performance of my life there, uh, in Sochi. Uh, I knew I still had the chance of, of winning, uh, uh, an Olympic medal. Um, but it's not the end of, that wasn't my goal. Like at the end of the day, I'm not putting, I'm not giving back my medal. If, if I'm actually not winning Sochi, it's not like a boxer. I'm yeah. still keeping that met that first medal. I'll be an Olympic champion for the rest of my life. So I did. Um, and a lot of people were, oh, you're going to be def defending. I'm not defending. And I wasn't defending anything. I never thought I was defending anything. I was going there um, with the, one of the biggest ri rival I ever had in my career um, against him. And, and, and he was young and, 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 and hungry, ang hungry to, to get a, a, a gold medal. Um, and so I was, I was just going there to prove that, you know what, I'm, I can still be the best in the world. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's the mentality that I had got to Sochi. Um, we had, uh, we had a, a, a lot of face to face. Mick and I was one, I was second. Then I, I he was a second. I was first as just all the <laughs> All the way to the, the Olympic Games, we were very tight to, uh, head ahead uh, getting in there. Um, I knew one thing is it was my third Olympic experience. Um, I knew it was my last, but I knew I, I, had, I was a vet veteran. I knew what the Olympics were, were, were going to be like. Um, I knew what, how I knew myself how to focus, how to get into the mood uh, of, 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 of providing the best performance I could do. And I was focusing on things I controlled, um, and uh, and and I think that's why it worked. Um, kept my focus on things like I, I did control. And Mick was young. Mick was as his first Olympic experience, um, and uh, so yeah, um, I think my most uh, a lot of people are asking me what's the difference for you, what's the meaning in between the gold medal in Sochi, the gold medal in in, in Vancouver, and I'm like. Uh, I'm like, both mean different things. For me, Vancouver is kind of a dream coming true. It's kind of Disneyland. It's just like, wow, okay, I, I made it for the first time to Disneyland. Wow, it's amazing. Well, I can't believe it's happening to me. Um, and, but Sochi, when I crossed the finish line, um, for me, crossing that finish line, it was just, that's my signature. Now, whatever I, if, if Mick won the, the gold medal or if I even finish fourth and there's people, there's other skiers that skied over their head, I mean, that was the best performance I could have done uh, on, that, on that day, on that specific moment, on my last Olympic run. That was the best run I did all week on that, on that, uh, on that course. And um, so for me, and, and, and one of the best performance of my entire career, so for me, it was kind of my signature and it was my way out. I was like, you know what? Wow. I felt, I, I don't feel now that I can do better than that. I can still do this for maybe one, two, three years, but I cannot do better. I don't think so. I, I, I had that feeling in me. Um, and I think that's the best feeling ever. And, 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 and so for me, the medal of Sochi is, yes, it's a gold medal. I'm more proud about the performance itself. Uh, that what it means to me then Vancouver yes it's kind of the performance was okay but it's it's the the medals itself the dream coming true um, so that all my Olympic experience are 
are very, very valuable. Um, a lot of people are asking me like, what is like, what were your favorite Olympics? I don't have obviously Vancouver for it, the ambience of being at home and it was just amazing. But for the pure experience of it, um, Torino in 2006 for me was a life lesson. Um, I don't believe without that, I would have been as ready for, to win in Vancouver. Um, so it, it throughout my career, Torino has been super, super, super important. It was on my first year on the World Cup. I was young, no no experience, and that experience uh, give me like that experience in Torino. I think it give me a five, six years of maturity right right there, understanding what the Olympics under uh, are all about, understanding that when you fail at the Olympics. When you fail on that 23 seconds that you're going down the slight little mistake, you'll have to wait eight more years to have, or four more years to actually have another hit to the 23 seconds. So it, it, it made me understand the, 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 the cruelty of the Olympics, how it can be cruel. Um, Vancouver, obviously their dream coming true and knowing what it is to, and, and, and kind of the recipe to, to, to win or to, to put yourself in a position to win. And Sochi, the, the, the best feeling of crossing that finish line saying, you know what, that's what I could do. That's awesome. Well, hey, kudos to you. Congratulations. Cause that's, um, to win one Olympic medal, like you said, is incredible, but then to add a second one to it is, is even more special and, and to be able to go out on your own and, and go out the way that you want to go out too is adds, adds to that um, priceless factor, if you will. Now, one quick question I do have uh, before I get to your Canada Sports Hall of Fame is I've asked every Canadian Olympian the same question I've had on the show. Where do you keep your gold medals or your, your World Cup medals? Are they in a safe 50 feet below ground? Are they with family? Or what do you do with your medals? Um, most of my medals are uh, at my parents' cottage uh, up north where I grew up skiing. Um, and my two Olympic goals are uh, in my room somewhere. Uh, they're in a cupboard somewhere. Just, um, they're there. Just <laughs> nothing hey, special okay. about where I put them. As long as you know where they are. I had a little bit, I had, uh, who was it, Patrick Chan I was chatting with, and uh, I asked him the same question. He said, oh, they're in a Lululemon bag beside the dog toys. I said, make sure the dog doesn't reach into that Lululemon bag and chewing that up. Yeah, yeah, it's not much more glamour. I think it's uh, next, probably next to my bed somewhere, or, or in another drawer. Actually, I haven't looked at them for, for quite some time, so I... I would have to check if they're still there. <laughs> now, talking about another accomplishment off the off the slopes, a couple of years ago, you headlined and were inducted into Canada's Sports Hall of Fame alongside Martin Brodeur, Jaina Hefford, and, and a few others. What was the experience like for you to get the call to the hall and add your name into the Sports Hall of Fame? I mean, it's 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 a great honor. Uh, you never uh, it, it, and and. Be, the sport hall of fame is not something you can work for. It's just, it, it, it happens or it never happens. Um, and receiving that call uh, next to legends like Martin Bourdeur and, and all the others that were with me that day, it's just, um, it's a great honor. Um, at the end of the day, I did the best I could uh, to become the best skier I could have been in, in my sport. And 
and try to push the limit of my sport and try to to remain a a, a good influence for for the youngster that are that will, and, and and get and influence them to do sports and life sport has been the school of life for me so I think it's very important to be to be a good mentor on that on that side and a good influencer. Um, and after that, I mean, it's just a great honor to be there, and that people uh, recognize that is is very touching. Now, talking about those that mentorship and kind of leading the way for the next generation, I like to lead off or sorry, end off every episode with a segment I call words of wisdom. So, what would your words of wisdom or advice be for the next generation of skiers or moguls? Um, or even just those that are in sport that may want to reach the Olympic level, um, what would your advice be to them? I mean, for most for most people, an Olympic athlete is is just like an astronaut. We're living, we're experiencing other things, we're living in another stratosphere, and there's nothing that can be related to their to their day, day to day or their reality. But at the end of the day, um, it's like competing in front of TVs in the front that's that's our day to day we're having the same struggle as you waking up in the morning and giving myself a big kick in the butt to actually go and and it's not like my day to day and and uh one thing that my experience throughout like from my youngster all the way to today um to a gold medal i remember my one of my sport, first sports psychologists that told me alex you don't eat an elephant in one bite. It's quite big, but one bite at a time. You and, and you you can do it. Just so I, a career in sport is just it's the same way. You're not you're not looking at on top of the stairs. You just one step at a time and make yourself like the Olympic game is kind of your the direction you're going. Uh, but make yourself small goals that will aim in that direction. And I think that's, that's for me, even in business now or in anything in life, um, I, I approach it that way. How can I dis dissect in multiple goals and have multiple achievement that it's going in that direction? Um, Olympic Games, is there's a lot of things that uh, are out of your control. Uh, whether it's injuries, whether and, and they're screw, they're quite cruel because there's people with that got ready and they, they they were very close to be at the Olympics and 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 then a month before they get injured <laughs> and then or a month before uh, pandemic hits and then, <laughs> like the Olympics are moved yeah. uh, and 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 a year later uh, they're not as good and they're like a, a youngster will is is taking their place so all of these factors I mean. So the Olympic Games is not like the the end of the the, the end of like of, of of a of a if I of a dream is it's a direction you want to aim um, and if you actually do everything in your power and small little objectives to go in that direction at one point there's good chance or there's chance that you 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 make it there uh, but like it's the process is not easy uh it's not easy for uh, anybody there's things that are easier for some others but the discipline has to be there talent is not the only thing um like so yeah i think that's in a nutshell but my my message that i i would say uh young athletes uh, going and having a, a olympic dream just divide divide and conquer <laughs>
Yeah, that's definitely some great advice. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today and share your experiences and your favorite moments throughout your Olympic career. Um, and congratulations on all the accolades and, and the Olympic medals and the induction. Uh, very well deserved and all the best um, with everything else in your future. Thank you very much. Slow, it's not enough to please you. Pretty Caroline.